hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. This is what we say after each of our lessons before the gospel reading. And some of us who've been around here for a while have heard it a lot, week in and week out, year in and year out. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. This is what we're asked to do. Really hear the Spirit speaking. Really listen. Because the Spirit is here in the sacred words and among us. So if you rewind your minds back to the first lesson this morning, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip engaging with each other in conversation that leads to all sorts of big transformation, this whole hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people comes to life because the driving force in the story, the protagonist in a sense, is not Philip and it's not the eunuch but it's a spirit acting in both of their lives. It's a fantastical story. This angel coming to Philip, physically coming and saying, hit the road and, oh, by the way, take this specific road through the wilderness. Don't take the main road. And it's kind of like the angel who came to the shepherd and said, go, go to Jerusalem or the angel coming to Mary. Hey, Come on this mothering journey, birth the son of God. So with this very overt and obvious prompting, Philip listens and he hits the road and he goes out through the wildlands. And again, the spirit speaks this time. Hey, Philip, go over to that chariot. And now we cut to the eunuch who's following his own spiritual path. The eunuch had been worshiping God in Jerusalem. And now, following how the Spirit is moving in his heart, he's reading scripture aloud. And he's sitting in his very fancy chariot. He was a treasurer for the queen and doing what we just did, listening for the Spirit in scripture. And he's pondering the meaning of a passage from the prophet Isaiah. And now bounce out to our point of view. This is a remarkable meetup. We've got a gender non-conforming African, a foreigner, high up in their government, meeting Philip. And Philip's from Jerusalem. And Philip's religious formation called for the embrace of all people. But the culture of Jerusalem did not always extend that grace, just like we don't extend that grace in our world today, oftentimes. I mean, barriers of nationality and social status ethnicity and gender thrived back then as they do now. But in this story, those barriers don't play out. Instead, these two people reach out to one another and they do it with questions. They enter into conversation with one another from an open-hearted curiosity and they're defining, defying cultural baggage or barriers. So it's a posture of questioning and sharing. And Philip initiates. He, he, he's heard the eunuch reading and says, hey, do you understand the scripture you're reading? And the Ethiopian's like, well, how can I? And I need help to understand. And then the eunuch invites him in. Hey, want to come in? So it's like, do you understand? Hey, come on in. Let's share. Let's talk. 
And the eunuch asks him, so what does this bit in Isaiah mean about a sheep to slaughter, about humiliation, justice denied? He asks, is Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So Philip dives into the passage, responds to this question, and reveals how it points to Jesus. Philip shares the good news of Jesus and Jesus's way of love, shares the suffering, the death, the resurrection, shares God entering the suffering of our world, entering the injustice of our world for redemption, for transformation and new life. And the Ethiopian eunuch hears all this from Philip and he suddenly sees water outside, which I imagine is somewhat amazing because they're in the middle of the desert wilderness, but boom, there's that amazing water. And the eunuch asks with all sorts of urgency, hey, what's to prevent me from being baptized? Again, a question, it's so interesting. It's not a demand. It's not, hey, baptize me, but it's wondering, can I be a part of this? I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this way of love. And he's asking, does anything culturally, sexually, ethnically, gender-wise, or otherwise exclude me from Jesus's love? Does anything exclude me from the good news? Nope, not at all. So Philip baptizes him, and we get the final appearance of the Spirit in magnificent form, and the words of Scripture coming in and snatching Philip away and leaving the eunuch rejoicing. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Philip heard and acted upon it. The Ethiopian heard and acted upon it. And no matter how foreign or outsidery or worried each may have felt or about the other or about themselves, they followed the Spirit. These two men met each other as human beings seeing each other as God would see one another through the eyes of God as equally valued and dignified human beings, seeing each other for just where they were on their own spiritual journeys, and they really listened. And we can look at how they were guided by the Spirit. I mean, Philip gets this grand direct communication. An angel appears, and he hears a voice. But the Ethiopian eunuch He's more like us. He's hearing it through scripture. He's hearing it through hearing the spirit through conversation with Philip. And he's moved into action. Both are open. Both are curious. And in that openness and curiosity, they embrace and include and welcome one another. They listen and are cracked open to the movement of the spirit. And this is how the spirit moves. Spirit transcends all barriers. The gospel will find its way into new cultural landscapes and especially landscapes that are dominant culture marginalized. I cannot overstate how important this passage is to the trans community, to people who've been marginalized for their sexuality, for their gender, for their orientation, It's a passage that speaks and says right here, right in scripture, whoever you are, you are welcome in God's kingdom, that God's love reaches out to you. 
to us. And the Spirit speaks to us when we enter into conversation with one another and when we engage with one another. When I hear, hear this story, I often think of one of our beloved parishioners, Fred Borsch, and how when he died, so many stories came out about the way he'd ask whoever he met to tell them about himself. Tell me your story, he often said. Now, Fred had been the Bishop of Los Angeles, and many in our congregation didn't know that because many got to know him in his retirement years. He was just that wonderful man from the eight o'clock service who'd sit out and talk with people on the patio. And regardless of all the wonderful things he'd done in his leadership and civil rights and reaching out across boundaries and welcome, his scholarship and this huge number of books he'd written, what jumped out in every obituary were the stories, the witnesses people told about how he touched their lives personally, starting with asking what their story is. Curious and open. To see Christ in everyone we meet, that is the Spirit working in us. And we can never know where anyone we encounter may be on their own quest the same way they can't know where we are, unless we ask. And when we are listening to the Spirit and what the Spirit is saying to God's people, we're listening to Scripture, but we're also listening to each other. And we're responding to each other from that place of truth, from hearing the truth in each other. This is a call to be open, to be curious, and to share with one another, share our good news. This is hearing the Spirit because we are all God's people. And the Spirit is the protagonist in our lives. How may we hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people? May we lift up thanks and praise because, yes, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit speaks. Amen.